Welcome to the Limitless Millennials podcast with your host, Hannah Morth. In each episode, we'll bring you stories of inspiration and risk-taking, extraordinary entrepreneurial journeys, often with a dash of spiritual goodness, and tangible action steps to show you how you can create your limitless life. Now, here's your host, Hannah Morth, personal business coach, public speaker, and author. Hello, everybody. My name is Hannah Morth, and I'm here with Tigrilla Gardenia. Fascinated by nature and how things work together since her earliest memories, Tigrilla turned those passions into her vocation. Today, she is a communications consultant for the natural business leader and a keynote speaker on plant intelligence. She calls home Damanhur in Italy, one of the largest spiritual eco-communities in the world, and travels to empower individuals and organizations to develop their dream projects using her expertise in high-tech, social innovation, creative arts, plant music, and nature-inspired systems. Hey, Tigrilla, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. It is my pleasure. So why don't we just dive on in and talk about what it is that you currently do? Uh, What do I currently do? So I do, basically, you could think of it as two sort of connected pieces, much like uh, an ecosystem in nature. You know, they don't just do one thing, but most are doing several things. So my background has uh, spans from many different industries, but in the continuing thread between all of them is communications. So I basically work in communications, and I help individuals and organizations to bring together what is their story for their business, for their um, innovation, for what they're doing. But I do it with a nature-inspired focus. So my background um, spanning over the multiple years has gone from engineering and high-tech and everything. And I'm, I've been concentrating over the last five years on plant intelligence. Um, and so therefore, I use that eye of plant intelligence and what we call biomimicry, which biomimicry is when you look to nature for inspiration. Um, and so we, I use that biomimetic, that nature-inspired focus to help with the communication strategy because nature's been doing it for 3.8 billion years. And so therefore, they have the solutions. All we have to do is remember we're a part of nature and connect back into that. Oh, wow. That is amazing. and so beautiful. Yeah, it's been, it's been an exciting ride. I mean, I've, I started really diving deeper into nature um, when I was working with it, which I still work heavily with a device called the music of the plants. And it's a device that allows plants to make music because my background also includes the arts and I have a degree in music engineering. So always bringing together that whole engineering, more technical side with the artistic creative music side. And so the music of the plants really opened my world into looking at the plant world in a different way and understanding that they are completely different beings from what we are, but yet intelligence has, you know, with their own unique type of intelligence, which is really what all of us are. I mean, each one of us is intelligent in our own unique way. And it started to help me see all different types of patterns and how the current systems that we've created go against our very nature. They go against nature and our very nature. And so that led me into really understanding how plant intelligence works and uh, what we call biophilic design. What is it that like we as human beings are lacking because we're just, no, we've separated ourselves out from nature. It's like we want to be so ahead of the pack that we forget we're actually a part of the pack. Mm-hmm. That is so true. That is so true. We definitely do forget that a lot. 
Um, and I love that you are taking that and turning it into your own business so that you can keep spreading that message and reminding people that we are truly still a part of nature. We are not above it in any way. So why don't you take us back a ways and tell us more about how you got started in turning this into a business. So I, um, I, you know, like many people many years ago, graduated from college, I had a degree in music engineering and electrical engineering, which already was sort of a feat of kind of says my stubborn nature, which is the fact that, you know, when I came time to go to, to university and decide what to study, I, I, you know, I could have gone the safe route and found a bunch of different programs that, you know, and I even started my freshman year that way, um, looking for kind of a safe program. I, you should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer, you should be whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, you know, I stopped at one point because I was miserable. And I said to myself, you know, I really, what is my passion? Like when I go back through, of course, at that time, I was like, what, 18? years old but I go and I go what's the consistent thread between my life at that point and I realized that it was math and it was music I mean but I wasn't a musician so I didn't really understand and I think that's one of the bigger bigger kind of blocks that a lot of us run into when it comes to the business world is that we try to put ourselves into these like predefined boxes when in Mm -hmm. reality there's lots of other boxes out there that use different types of skill sets. So um, anyways, I went looking through and I found that the best school in the country for what I really wanted to study back then I was in the US was, um, was, was at m- in my own backyard. So I came back to my hometown and I enrolled in, in the school and I graduated, like I said, with music engineering, electrical engineering, which was very rare for women at the time. I think there was two of us in my graduating class. Oh, wow. And I ended up yeah, and I didn't really even know what I was going to do afterwards. And I and um, and of course, you know, you follow the flow and you follow the thing. And I ended up going into high tech in the kind of, you know, the middle of the of the internet bubble. Mm-hmm. So super fortunate to be able to walk into this extremely competitive, extremely exciting world that was happening. And so, anyways, my career has sort of flowed through that so I went through high tech and then at one point I realized I was getting farther and farther away from music because I started in a company that was connecting the internet with audio and video online and then I started to like move into other things and I eventually went to Microsoft and I said to myself at one point this is not what I want to be doing you know I really I love the I love the technology aspects but I want to bring it back into music I want to bring it back into the arts. I want to use that to enable these types of things and ended up quitting kind of that world and moved into an event production world. I was working with an artist and who eventually became my business partner. And together we created a, a company called Infinite Connections where we started to produce these large parties. And again, it goes back to what is your goal? What's your vision? What's your passion? And it wasn't just about creating big parties where people could, you know, I don't know, like dance all night and and get drunk or whatever. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the the goal. The goal was how do we give people a safe space to allow themselves to use the arts and this creativity to really express themselves. So it was where I first started to look at, you know, something that I had had at the very beginning of my internet career, which was the idea of the, the using the technology to express audio and video in a way that you couldn't necessarily always do because you can't always have a concert at home and a, and a CD is not the same. So streaming media really started to connect people to these artists and this music that they love. Like today it's ubiquitous, but back when I was doing it, it was like 
revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And so the events have that same kind of feel that, that how do I really connect people to their inner core, their inner sense? And so anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of skip really quickly. I produced events for a while, eventually went on tour with Cirque du Soleil because a natural mm-hmm. expression of like really expressing yourself so cool. was uh, Cirque du Arts. <laughs> yeah, so I went on tour with Cirque and when I came off tour, when I decided that that wasn't my world, I was really deep into a spiritual, I had, I had already started to really explore my spiritual core. So um, I, I lived in, I've been in Europe now for about 11 years. And I spent the first few years of that after being on tour in Barcelona, teaching uh, Kabbalah and spiritual type studies and really helping me and me and the people around me get in touch with, again, that core of what the hell are we really doing here? Like, why are we on this planet? Yeah. And what is it that we're here to solve? And how can I use my creative talents to, and my engineering talents to really express these types of things? And through a series of, of really fortunate, I guess you could say, events, I ended up in Domenher, which is, like you said, one of the largest spiritual eco communities in the world. It's an amazing community, extremely unusual. I was supposed to be there um, for six months to do a work exchange, something that never really happens. It was something they asked me to come and do for them. And I thought, okay, six months, I'll be fine. And that was seven years ago. And I'm still there. (laughs) I mean, it's my home base and it's where I travel from because it's a place where you can live really dreams. Like it's, it's, I call it Hogwarts for adults. Oh, I love that. So it's a place where, where people, you start to really understand that people are doing incredible things in the world and that all we need to do is sort of find that safe space, find that way where we can open that key and let people really be who they truly need to be and we'll create. And when you do it with others, you'll create really amazing things. So I'm Matt Domenher. I'm developing all of their digital media strategies. So as part of my personal work, and as I said, I'm a, um, I've, I've been using social media and communication mechanisms since I was in, since they first started, since the early days of Tribe and Friendster and things like that. And so that's what I went to Domenher to do, to develop their um, digital media strategy and their online strategy and online communications for everything. Because back then, they were, um, uh, we as a community were not very public, we can say, for lots of different reasons that I won't go into right now. <laughs> But, um, you know, being a community in Italy in the middle of like Catholic, you know, Rome centered uh, country, not always appreciated, we can say it that way. Sure. And so I started to do this, you know, digital media strategy and I started to work on their, on how we could really bring to the world what Domenher is and, and communicate it out. And then one day I was walking around and I found I started listening to this music I started hearing this music around coming and I was like where the heck is this coming from I discovered that it was coming from a plant so Delmanher for you know for the last almost 40 years has been just you know developing ways to communicate with the plant world and specifically through music something that of course for me just touches me to the core and I absolutely fell in love with this device called the music of the plants that allowed me to enter into a whole new communication. Like, so it, you know, I'm, I'm a language buff to begin with. I love languages, which is why also I love music because to me, it's a language. It's like a window into the soul. And here I am listening to a plant make music. And it was just like opening a completely new channel of communications for me. And I, just dove in head first, kind of like Alice in Wonderland, you know, just going down the rabbit hole of what, 
how can I communicate with plants? What does this mean? What are they saying? And, and on both a spiritual as well as a biological mechanism. So um, I, I recently completed my master's degree in something called Futuro Vegetale, which is um, vegetal future. And it's all about plants and social innovation and architectural design and really working with the plant world through biomimicry, through nature-inspired systems to start to develop new worlds. So went back to my communications root, um, root core, and now that's what I do. I help people through biomimicry um, facilitation, so through technical parts. I help develop new systems and new products and new processes and um, using nature-inspired techniques. And then on a, on a kind of more one-to-one -one level, I work with more startups, what we call naturepreneurs and entrepreneurs, that want to use a more nature-inspired approach for their communication strategy. How do you really communicate to the world in a way that's in harmony with the world rather than clashing and just trying to use a bunch of the kind of, you know, gimmicky sort of ways of doing it and things that really promote a new version, a new circular and biophilic version of the world that we're living in. How do we create the world we really want to live in? Wow. That was really long to answer your question. Sorry. No, I love it. Your story is <laughs> truly incredible and really, really fascinating. So I loved hearing about it. I think so many others will as well. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I really, I resonated with many things, but I definitely resonate with, um, you know, going to college and thinking that you have to find a safe path for the future, because I think that is just something that is really ingrained in us from a young age is just like find safety um, so that you can live a good life. Um, and entrepreneurship or, any, or anything that is outside of the box isn't really something that we are brought up with for the most part. Um, and so Especially I, as women. Oh, especially as women, definitely. Um, so I definitely resonate with that and having to pivot halfway through college and realize, you know, what I, the path that I was on wasn't the right path for me. It's too safe. It's not even what I want to do. I'm miserable learning about it and I need to actually go for what I love. Cause I actually majored in French and international relations. Um, none of which I utilize today. Uh, but I, I feel like that just kind of goes to show though, if I had gone, I was originally going for nurse practitioner, like to be a nurse practitioner. Had I gone that route, who knows where I would be today? I might, you know, still be a nurse practitioner and be hating my life. <laughs> so absolutely. I, I had a conversation with my brother. I remember it so clearly. My brother is eight years older than I am. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a conversation because he went the safe route. He was a person that was a scuba diver, like pretty much most of his life. And yet mm -hmm. when he went to college, he wanted to study marine biology and somebody convinced him he wouldn't make money there. And so he switched and he uh, went into architecture and then he went into civil engineering and then he went into a bunch of, and in the end, he does none of that. I mean, he works in a, in a bank, I mean, mm -hmm. in, a, in an auditing, uh, auditing banks. And he, but I remember at the time he said to me, okay, what are you going to, you know, little sis, what are you going to study in college? And I was like, I don't know, I'm not really sure. And I was thinking of like psychology and philosophy. I was thinking of law and he was like, no, no, you need to go into something safe, you know, engineering and this and that. And I looked at him and I was like, I am so not you. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because I ended up with an engineering degree. And, <laughs> but my engineering degree is like, I don't know, it's like the, the rock of my existence. It mm. gave me the 
super foundation, but it's, it's music engineering. And he looked at me when I remember when I, when I switched majors and I went in there and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, cause it's in the school of music. He's like, mm-hmm. you're going to graduate with a bachelor's of music. And I was like, yeah, that sounds so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And my friends have gone on, like I turned down a job with the FBI. Oh, wow. Doing audio video forensics. And I have friends of mine that do amazing, like, like, audio for movies and people who are working with like audio technologies of all sorts and people who have their own businesses and acquisitions. And I'm like, yeah, what do you know? I can make it. They're all having fun with their work and that's what we all wanted. Yeah, for sure. And I think at one point you really just have to decide, is this going to be about the money or is this going to be about my happiness? Absolutely. Well, and, and also really truly believe, and maybe this is also my spiritual practice kind of kicking in is that, if you're really doing what brings you happiness, trust me, I mean, uh, the universe provides. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you really open yourself up to that trust and that flow, and I'm not talking about it in the, I mean, again, I'm an engineer and now a scientist. So I'm not talking about it in the kind of, you know, way of saying, I'm just going to sit there and say no to everything and do this. I mean, it means that when you're doing your something you really are passionate about, you find that even the somewhat what they call menial tasks become fun. Like when I started to produce events and I wanted to really understand the event worlds because I loved it. I loved working with the artists. I loved understanding how to produce an event that people could really feel good at. I started to work at some of the local like event spaces around mine. I I did security. I worked with a bar back. I did, you know, all kinds of different things, but I loved it because to me it was research. And I looked at it as research to get to the ends of where I wanted to be, which was to produce an event where I could get thousands of people, which I eventually did. You know, I produced these large parties in the Seattle Science Museum. I mean, we're talking about a place that you normally do not have a party, but it was only because I knew how to talk to the people about how to do, you know, the bar in a good way, how to come up, you know, with security and how to really make security fun like your security is in costume you know you know that they're there but they're not you know all these things that I learned by doing the you know eight dollar and ten euro an hour jobs because they were research and they were really exciting so I paid my bills when I was transitioning from one thing to the other doing the types of jobs and why not like yeah. you could be a fantastic janitor in a place that will get you where you want to go. And trust me, you're going to meet all the right people and you're going to have a blast doing it. Definitely. What an amazing perspective. I think a lot of people, um, especially when they find that they're on the right path, they just want to jump right into it and be where they want to be. You know, they want to get to that, that successful level, but they don't realize that sometimes they just need to start off kind of, I don't want to say at the bottom, but you know, yeah, it, is. It, it is kind of at the bottom. So you have to start there so that you can gain the, the knowledge and the experience you need. Absolutely. And it's a different perspective. Like what is success? I mean, is success the, the paycheck that's, I mean, I was, I was, I was at Microsoft for a long time. I worked in high tech for 10 years. I, I can't, you know, I won't lie to you and say my, my paycheck was crap. It was, it was a really good paycheck. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then I turn around and I'm doing security in a bar but what is the measure of success? The measure of success was the fact that I was having a blast. I mean, I was paying all my bills. I was being able to go out to dinner and do things with my friends. 
And I was having like these amazing conversations and making these amazing friendships and, and seeing the artist and getting to know the artist that I really loved and getting to know the owners of the place. And, and security seems like it's something, you know, maybe low end to somebody, just like they, they might think the mailroom is low end. But trust me, you know, you're, you're the center heart. You're keeping everybody safe. You, you know, if you start to really shift and look at the positions that you're doing for their absolute needs. I mean, my, um, my, I remember a high school teacher who used to call something the whopper flopper jobs. And he said, these are those jobs that in your mind you think I would never want to do. But in reality, we can't live without them. They're the person that's like bringing the stuff off of the barges at the port or the person that's like, cleaning the bathroom i mean all and this is one thing that we at dom and her really do talk about which is all work all kinds of things like this are dignified and sacred because without them you wouldn't be able to go to the toilet if somebody didn't clean it yeah so so why do we keep looking at things in a hierarchical view i mean nature doesn't look at it that way if you look at ants each ant has a specific role and only some roles can you shift from one to the other and none of the roles are really glamorous and or maybe you might think they're glamorous but for them they're roles and they contribute to something called stigma which is the whole everybody feeling like they're their pride you might want to say i mean in human terms we would use the word pride but everybody feels like a sense of responsibility and of, of also um, pride for what is created, the whole mound, even though they didn't contribute to it in their direct thing, but they contributed to it because without their role, the other wouldn't be able to do their role. So, you know, we need to start looking at each other as these, you know, transdisciplinary. In other words, we're all doing our own disciplines, but we work, when you bring these disciplines together, you create something that's greater than the parts. And if we started to look at that, we would notice that there, there are no kind of bottom roles because the whole pyramid structure doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is such a unique perspective that I have never heard before. And I'm so thankful <laughs> that, you, that you talked about it because that is so beautiful, like such a beautiful way to look at things. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, I look at the adventures that I've been on and, and the things that I've been able to accomplish. And I mean, you know, looked at it from one view, it looks like success. Looked at it from yeah. another view, it might not look like success because, you know, yeah, I'm not making the same figure, six-figure or seven-figure salary I was making, six-figure really, salary <laughs> that I was making before. But, you, you know, that's not, that's, that was great back then. And I did it as long as I was having fun and I was enjoying the work that I was doing. When I started moving into products that weren't really resonating with me, it was, it was time to change. Mm. And what I've been able to accomplish over the last few years has really changed my perspective of what is true happiness. And not only that, what, what is true success and why are we here? Like they say that the right now, you know, there is no such thing as green growth because we can't keep growing. Degrowth is the only growth. And, and how do we become, how do we get in harmony with our world? And the only way to get in harmony with our world is to get in harmony with ourselves and understand what we really need. And that doesn't mean having seven cars. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't. I am, I'm so very inspired by your story. I think that is really, truly incredible. <laughs> so it is time for the limitless lightning round. So I do have five questions for you. I promise they're not too difficult. Um, okay but are you ready to go for them right away? I'm ready. Okay, perfect. So the first question is having started, you know, a business of your own and you know, delved into several different areas, what would be your best piece of advice for entrepreneurs who are just getting started? 
am exactly what I was just talking about. You know, look at whatever it is that you want to do and find your way into that industry and look at how the value of each and every role, because then even if you do become the boss in the end, or it's your business in the end, all those, you'll understand the value of all those roles and why they're all necessary. Mm. So my thing to say is that, you know, entrepreneurship is, is, a, is an attitude. It's a way of really looking at things with always a problem solving attitude. And therefore, you know, don't, don't be afraid of like, you know, finding the mentor, finding the, the support group, finding or going even going into a role, not so much with the idea of like, I'm going to go into a company and I'm going to stay, stay there for the rest of my life, but I'm going to go in there and check out a bunch of different roles to see how, what it really means for me to be that kind of, you know, success. So find the things, find that industry that you want to be in, look for the successful role models and then go knock on the door and be like, hey, man, I want to learn from you you know, how, how can I learn from you? Oh, that is great advice. Wonderful. Uh, the second question is what is your favorite, uh, personal development, entrepreneurial or spiritual book or resource that you recommend to others? Ooh, wow. That's a really good (laughs) one. That's a super hard one. Um, I tend to, as you can imagine, read a lot of nature-inspired books. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think of one good one that really helped me. Um, actually, that's not true. I'm going to give you a different book that really changed my life, to be awesome. honest. It's a very old book now, um, and it's called How to Be a Rockstar at Work. Ooh. And it, it's called How to Be a Rockstar because it taught me that the true, I always thought, and I'm sure a lot of us think this, that the rockstar is the person that has the most technical knowledge of whatever it is that you're doing. And that's actually not true. The rockstar at work is the champion negotiator. I mean, not negotiator, the, the networker, mm-hmm. the person that can solve the problems because they know a guy who knows a guy who knows how to do it. And so your, your real like test of how to be a rock star in life is the connections that you make and how you can work with other people. And so this book really, it's an old book, but it changed my life in really understanding that the true rock star is the person that knows people. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. I've never heard of that one before. I'll have to look into it. That's the little things that like just stick with you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Number three is what habits have you developed along your journey that have led to your success? I would say one is to follow my curiosity. So a lot of people have curiosity, but we get embarrassed quite easily. Mm -hmm. And especially this is a hard, and I will be honest as a woman, it's a tricky balance between um, stating when you don't know things. So asking for help and looking for things. And at the same time, still being empowered and really feeling like, you know, I'm a rock star at whatever it is that I do, but I need also help. So I would say some of the techniques that I've learned, one of them is definitely to follow my curiosity, ask questions, you know, be attentive, be really helpful too, because curiosity sometimes can lead you to doing, you know, shadowing people, Mm -hmm. doing things with them. Um, and so those, that's some of the things that I, I really have found has helped me open me into new realms. And, and I would say another one is about finding, whether it be a spiritual practice or something that you do that really you follow through with, and that really helps you kind of stay centered. How to, I see a lot of people now, especially with anxiety, stress, 
what it, you need to find something that really de-stresses you. For me, it's, it's of course my connection to nature and my spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, through gratitude, through essential oils, some people have done it through Kabbalistic, it really doesn't matter, but you need to find something that allows you to completely de-stress and to not take a lot of this stuff and keep it bottled up inside. You know, how, how do you express it? Whether it be a good girlfriend or a good guy friend, or whether it be, you know, just, like I said, essential oils, or whether it just be a gratitude notebook. But find that thing that just really expressed. To me, it's, it's a lot of it is nature. It's even just sitting, I, I have almost always had an office that had a view, and I've been known to like look like I'm super zoned out just because I stare out the window. But if you read the studies, you understand that that connection to nature, that even just staring at nature and the house plants or the plants in your office that you have absolutely has massive benefits to your physical and mental state which I could list for hours and hours <laughs> the research I do so so you know for me a lot of it is just being I have to have a window I can't be in a windowless office I need to stare outside or if not I have like a massive plant that I really connect to <laughs> so between that and my spiritual practice you know, I do a lot of them, to be honest. You know, I have a gratitude notebook now that I just started, and I, I constantly switch it up when I feel like I need to. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. And I, I definitely agree. I think that's something that a lot of people don't have, especially when they do get started in their businesses. But once you finally, um, you know, create a, a schedule or, a, you know, create a habit, that's when it all really starts to feel like you are that you're in flow and that you're doing the right thing because otherwise you're probably going to feel very stressed and that things aren't working out like they're supposed to be right exactly and there's a lot of that whole I mean you just said it like things aren't working out the way they're supposed to be and I'm not we at Dumb and Her have kind of this whole guiding of synchronous synchronicity so we don't just sit back and say okay this stuff is happening to me and it's supposed to be that way no it's kind of more a little bit more active than that mm -hmm. but it is important to understand why why is it not working like what is the what's the block which is not necessarily always you it could just be bad timing it could be the fact that you need to adjust something slightly it could very well be that it's not your thing and that you shouldn't force it but the important part is to always stay curious enough to say not look at yourself as a failure because I think that's the other thing we do we tend to kick ourselves and say oh I'm not good enough I'm not this but that's not it it's about it's about the combination of factors you know maybe it's just not the right time or maybe there's like maybe there's a new training that I can do or maybe it's just something that's really not for me like I need to check in with myself and so that the whole know thyself becomes extremely important as an entrepreneur to have those feedback mechanisms with yourself, to have feedback mechanisms with a close circle and to not look at things by yourself in order to always check in and say, okay, maybe it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not that it's no, you shouldn't do this, but maybe it's a not now, or maybe it's a not this way mm -hmm. and be open to that. What incredible advice. I definitely agree. Yeah. Okay. Number four. So I like to add this question as an effort for our audience to get to know you better. Uh, so the question is, if you could have dinner with anyone, entrepreneur or not, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, mm. God, who would I have dinner with? <laughs> See, if, you know what's so hard about this question, to be honest? Like, we tend to think, like, of course, your natural mind would go to thinking of somebody famous, somebody mm. out of reach, somebody of that sort. and. I don't know how to explain it, but like I have had, I mean, I travel a lot. And so I've had such amazing conversations with just about anyone. I think if it was up to me, 
I would love my criteria wouldn't necessarily be somebody by name, which mm-hmm. I mean, that would, I, my criteria would be more like, I would, I would list like what they're doing. Like, oh, yeah. I want to talk to more. I would love to have dinner with somebody who really, because, and I'll explain why, and then I'll say what it is. I feel like we are brought up to always look for problems and always think that the way that you're, I don't know, successful in life is when you're solving problems, which is to a certain extent true. But what happens when you like make it like what happens when you're what what does perpetual happiness really look like? Like I want to have dinner with somebody who wakes up every morning and regardless of what's happening in their life really feels happy because I want to sit down and understand the formula for that. You know? <laughs> like what is what is perpetual happiness or joy or whatever look like? And I want to have dinner with all these people and I want them to just tell me their secrets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. So you know, just connecting with more like-minded people who are going to be able to help you teach yourself and better yourself. Exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. I, yeah, that's really beautiful. I would definitely agree that most people are, are inclined to, to look to celebrities for that question, but I love that you took that and looked at it from a different perspective. Yeah, because I mean, I think of my own journey. I always, I always state that if I, if I write a book, my first sentence is going to be, I'm the most positive, negative person you've ever met. Because the truth of the matter is that my brain works like my mind goes to the negative, just like many people does, you know, what's not possible, what's the mistake, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super judgmental and critical. It's been a journey now of, you know, an over 40 year journey to really sit down and think about how, who do I want to be? And do I really want to be that negative person? And, and recently, I went back to an old statement, an old kind of mantra that I used to use for myself, which is, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? And, and when I get into these situations where I'm like judging something like, oh, that's going to fail or look at that person, how can they be doing it that way or whatever? And then I think about it. I'm like, do I really want that? Do I really want that? Because I'm just, I'm the one that's going to be miserable at the end, mm-hmm. not that person. Yeah. Because I'm the one that's like focusing all my energy there. But I know, like many people, that that's my natural inclination. So I don't deny it and I don't get mad at myself anymore. And at one point I had to like really do a a big kind of forgiveness of like, look, not all of us are born with a rosy personality that always looks at the positive. Some of us, unfortunately, for whatever reason, are uh, look at stuff with kind of negative eyes. But how can I use that and how can I transform it? I used to, I used to do that a lot when I was really in a judgmental phase. I would like say to myself, uh, okay, I just have to find one positive thing. I'm just going to focus on that one. Mm -hmm. Because you you just, you know, you have to use who you are. And so I have learned how to harness the the analytical skills from there, the critical thinking skills, the ability to not be blindsided by stuff because I don't see the pitfalls or the problems. And that's why when I do communications or when I work with people, I'm able to like help them sort of navigate through the river of the the doubts and the worries and the the mistakes and the this and the that, because I do see them. I've just learned to use them in a different way. And, and it doesn't always happen. And there's moments where I'm a big pain in the butt because my brain, you know, my mind goes in that direction. But then I remember, I'm like, do I want to be miserable? like and be right or do I just want to be happy and I'm like no let's let's go for happiness let's, let's go for thinking in another way yeah happiness over being right I love that that is amazing <laughs> all right the final question question number five is yeah. how can our listeners follow and connect with you further so 
really easy. I'm a pretty public person, so you can follow me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, which is uh, Tigrila Gardenia, and it's just that, facebook.com slash Tigrila Gardenia. And so that's the easiest way. I also have a website and a newsletter, and there I publish a lot of information. You can find me on Instagram. That's the other kind of my secondary social media platform. I'm on Twitter, and I'm on a lot of other ones, but those are kind of the two that I use the most. I use um, Facebook and I use Twitter. I mean, uh, sorry, Facebook and I use Instagram kind of the most. That being said, I, uh, if you connect with me, I'm always open to discussions that people are looking for. Also, if you feel stuck, if you feel blocked, if you feel like you really want to kind of expand your business in a new direction, if you want to sort of take that nature inspired approach, regardless of whether or not your business is a quote unquote nature inspired business, but more of the approach and the role model, then you can always reach out to me via my website, which is just tigrilagardenia.com. And I'd be happy to talk to you and kind of figure out how we can work together. So Facebook, Tigrila Gardenia, Instagram, Tigrila Gardenia, website, Tigrila Gardenia. Try to make it pretty simple. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll make sure that all those links are in the description of the episode so everybody can very easily access them. But thank you so, so much for being here today and sharing all of your amazing insight and your story and your perspective. It's truly been a pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I think it's super important. This is the best use of all of these platforms. I mean, it's wonderful to hear, you know, the stories to be able to really connect to the people directly and to not feel like everybody's sort of like so high up there that, you know, when you get asked that question of who would I have dinner with, it's somebody impossible when the reality is that the heroes of the world are, are just around us. We just have to turn around and sort of make contact. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that. And again, thank you so much for joining us. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. And until next time, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Limitless Millennials podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and head over to iTunes to leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. And if you're looking to connect with Hannah or today's guest, head on over to www.limitlessmillennials.com. Until next time, friends, keep on living your limitless life.